Hello and welcome to Unbox, the podcast that dives deep into the world of custom packaging and innovative brand experiences. In each episode, we'll be exploring the latest trends, innovations, and best practices in the design and packing industry, and then taking a look at how they can help businesses like Yars to create memorable and impactful brand experiences. I'm your host, Sam Johnston. Let's get started. I'm your host, Sam Johnston, and in this episode, we'll be talking to Caroline Grace. Caroline, great to have you on. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. This is awesome. awesome. Well, Caroline is a go-to retail strategist, um, mainly focusing on those kind of emerging CPG brands and founders, um, but she's also the CEO of Product & Prosper, an incredible organization that's helping these CPG brands gain some sales traction, get into retail, and kind of do the spearheading there. Um, would love to get a little intro, Caroline, to begin with, just on like who you are, what you're passionate about, and then we can get into the questions. Yeah, I love CPG brands. Um, like you said, my name is Caroline Grace. I have a consultancy called Product and Prosper where I help emerging CPG brands gain initial sales traction and go to their first retailers. My background's in branding, design, marketing, sales. I actually come to, from the B2B tech sales world and I had a couple different CPG brands come to me and say, hey Caroline, can you help us get into retail? You have some sales experience. I said, okay, sure, let's do it. And that unearthed an entire world of this retail process, which honestly starts with your brands and your packaging. And what I've discovered is you can't just go straight to retail. This mm -hmm. is what everybody thinks you have to do, right? You just go straight to Target, you go straight to Whole Foods, you go to Sprouts, you go get a broker, you go get a distributor. The game has changed, Sam. And nowadays you have to become that brand that buyers want to bring in, that brand that buyers already know before you get into that buyer mm -hmm. meeting. So true. So, Love that. Well, we're going to get some gold out of this conversation, I know. Right? There's so much <laughs> synergy here between what you're doing on a daily basis and then what our listeners are going through. Um, we're going to go through five key key questions. The first one's going to be, what kind of inspired our guests to get into the career that they're in, maybe um, get stuck into some of the branding and building of CPG products and the packaging that they've done. The second one will be, um, how do they think the packaging and product brand experiences contribute to creating a loyal customer base? Maybe what are some of the um, strategies that they've seen be effective in that area? The third one's going to be, can they share any success stories or case studies of businesses that they have seen transformed through branding and custom packaging and the design exercises that have happened? The fourth one will be, what are some of the biggest challenges or roadblocks that businesses like you listening face when it comes to getting their packaging and branding into retail stores and getting brand experiences across? And the last one will be a look at the future, kind of a forecast of um, what is the future of packaging and brand experiences? What does it look like over the next five to 10 years? And what could listeners like you be doing today to stay ahead of the curve? So working our way backwards to the first question there, we had a little teaser, but what inspired you to get into your career and to get stuck into building brands like this? I absolutely love CPG and food and beverage. Like I said, I want to be part of innovative, you know, startups. And I think there's so much innovation that's tangible innovation that's happening within CPG. I've always loved aesthetics and philosophy and poetry. And I think a lot of those elements come out in CPG brands. And how I got into retail was accidentally, right? I knew nothing about retail. Retail is the wild west of sales. Yeah. I entered the sales perspective more from a consumer sales, right? So I managed marketing for direct-to-consumer e-commerce stores. Mm -hmm. And very slowly I entered the, like I said, the B2B tech world. I was doing consulting for data startups and uh, 
autonomous vehicle companies. And so I saw a lot of this more B2B sales process that then could be implemented back into the CPG world, particularly with what I call what's called wholesale. So mm-hmm. where you work directly with business owners or, or you know, the small shops down the street, the cafes, the, the boutiques, where a lot of the time the buyer is that owner, I would call that B2B wholesale. Mm-hmm. And then even beyond that is the next step, which is retail. And when I, how I got into this is kind of how every brand grows up through retail, right? You start at that e-commerce level, you learn that game, you start with talking directly to consumers, you learn how to sell to them. You go into wholesale next, which is directly with buyers, working with shop owners who are also the buyers and learning to talk to them. And then you go to the next playing field, which is retail and learning how to speak the language of retail. Mm-hmm. That was my path. And that's a lot of the path that I help brands work alongside, work up through as well. That's awesome. I love that. Well, with that experience, um, how do you think packaging and product brand experiences contribute to creating a loyal customer base? Great question. It is everything. Uh, We live in a really visual world, as we all know. Um, When we're thinking about packaging, it is the first point of reference for a lot of people as to your brand. Um, It's going to be what you first present on your website. When you're in a store, it is all you have to show to a customer in store, to a shopper. So creating packaging and really good packaging and good branding is everything when it comes to CPG brands as well as CPG sales and retail sales. Does that answer your question? In terms of a loyal customer base, you know, we're in the age of sharing. So when we think about CPG brands for any brand, we need stuff that's going to be shared automatically. Um, And so we want to create packaging and brand experiences that are photographable because Mm -hmm. If you can like go viral on stories or on TikTok or on Instagram without you having to spend money beyond your packaging, that's huge. That's a way that you can create this like concentric circle effect where you're reaching more followers, more brands, loyal, you know, loyal brand customers uh, without spending extra money. So it absolutely starts with your packaging. And even before that, it starts with your branding but it then all converts into marketing and sales. Yeah. And I think they're getting a lot of a lot of sort of people that come into this, especially at the early stages of bringing their product to market, um, they I think they they understand that getting information on the packaging is important. Um, yeah, this is all the information that somebody could need. But getting emotion through packaging is a real skill. Um, and in particular if you're launching into a new category or you're launching a brand out there, um, there's going to be a, an early adopter tribe around this product. Like there's a group of people that are going to come into that store that are interested in trying new things or want to see something that represents them on the shelf. And that's an emotive connection that needs to happen real quick. And that can be done visually. That can be in the copy of the product. That can be done in the shape and the packaging and how that's being visualized. But um, how, how, how have you sort of helped organizations to find that emotive connection with a consumer so that they initially get picked up and get the orders through? Yeah, great question. I usually like to start with different kinds of audits. If we think about, you know, what who do we need to speak to first? Mm-hmm. Our target audience audit, both e-commerce and shopper in, in retail. Um, we want to do a competitor audit. I send my clients to the store. I go to the store myself and we look at the category and we basically do the squint test. You know how you do a squint test at Christmas trees to make sure yeah, that all the nice. lights are light, light up? 
We're, we're doing basically a squint test on categories to see what the dominant colors are and how we can very, very simply, either through color or packaging shape or, or font, stand out on a shelf. Um, I also like to do a, a more of a brand audit and a brand voice audit, a positioning audit, where we understand exactly, is this the right category for us? Mm-hmm. Where we think we should go? Should we go to a different category? So I think it really starts with that understanding of where you want to be in store, who is going to be picking you up and who you want to be talking to in store. And then finally, how are you going to show up? And, you know, we, we, we always pick up things that are interesting or different or stand out. That's why I would say Graza was so successful. All of the olive oil bottles were in, you know, these uh, uh, glass jar containers, bottles for a long, long time. And they were the only ones who differentiated with their packaging and their branding through a squeezable bottle. And so if you can make slight adjustments before you get to a store, you'll end up having a higher chance of success of developing a loyal following and having higher sales once you get into that store. Does that that's answer awesome. your question? Yeah, that, that's amazing. I, lo- I love that. And I think it, it leads nicely onto this next question, which is, could you share any success stories or maybe case studies of businesses that you've seen that have transformed their business by branding and maybe changing some packaging or their design exercises? Yeah, another great question. I think it really, it, it starts with categories. So one of the big categories that's transforming, I would say the entire category with packaging and design is tinned fish. Are you, have you seen this craze? Have you seen this movement? Uh, yeah, I I, I've actually like, I had some from yeah. Alaska. I shipped it recently. This little small kind of batch of things that was going on, it got me. Yeah, we got to find the, all those graphic designers that are doing the tin fish cans and bring them into like, I don't know, pasta or <laughs> some, yeah. some of, like rice, all of these uh, spice categories, you know, all of these slower moving categories, like anything that you can, I think, what we're seeing right now in the industry across all of these different categories is a, an awareness of differentiation in packaging on shelf. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that comes from, you know, it, it's not just enough nowadays to be an e-commerce brand in CPG. You have to introduce wholesale and retail in order to be profitable, in order to reach more more customers and, and consumers and shoppers. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in terms of success stories, I think you know, tint fish, fishwife, for example, that's a category that's done really, really well in disrupting some of the legacy brands with some startups who are really good at packaging and mm-hmm. were, were cognizant of, of differentiation on the shelf before they, they got in the store. Yeah, I think a lot of brands um, look to fit into what consumers expect to see on the shelf, um, which just leads to being drowned out, no pun intended, on the fish market. Um, but yeah, I think that's awesome. And Merchant Boxes is, is obviously the, the organization that sponsors this podcast, but they, I think, would would would, would work very well with an organization like Yars, where you are going out and doing a lot of this sort of market research and the uh, primary and secondary research stage of this. Um, and then what they've been doing for the last 20, 30 years is then kind of applying all of that knowledge and applying all of that to then creating these new concepts or to creating something that stands out, something that could be a clear award-winning aspect, you know, something that's going to grab your attention. Um when you're going then through the design process, so once you've identified here's where the gaps are, here's the strategy, um, do you often come across kind of 
pushback from owners of the, these brands where they want to stick to what the traditional is? They don't want to step out of the comfort zone. I think it really depends on what kind of mentality you have. So the process that I develop usually showcases what competitors are doing and how we can differentiate. When we're thinking about positioning, Sam, I know you're a positioning guy. And when we're thinking about positioning, we want to be, you know, we want to share a box wall. If everybody is playing in the sandbox, we want to share a wall, but we don't want to be, you know, tumbling around in the sandbox with everybody else. So how do we share a category, share a product name, but sit outside of the sandbox? And I think by changing the perspective of, look, we're not just trying to fit in anymore. We're, we need to differentiate or to survive. It's more of an evolutionary principle, I think. Yeah. I think that really transitions the conversation into design and packaging. One of the big problems I do see is you know, business owners, startup owners, they are scrappy, right? A lot of these startups are either bootstrapped or they have, uh, they've raised uh, money. And mm-hmm. um, so they're very careful about spending money on branding and design. It's like this very, uh, it, it's a careful topic. And so what I find works really well is branding and design for sales. So mm-hmm. you have to incorporate all pieces of the funnel of getting to the revenue because branding, it, sales always starts with branding, packaging and design, but you have to incorporate sales into that conversation because branding and packaging alone isn't enough to excite, I think, uh, it may make it make a difference in a company. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I think it has to be a an overall strategy and the same messaging, the same kind of brand experience is happening throughout mm-hmm. all the channels, you know, whether it's wholesale, whether it's direct to, to consumer online, whether it's on a billboard somewhere down the street. Um, tying it all together kind of creates a campaign approach rather than a, this is a separate cost item specifically for this product that's going to go on the shelf. Um, yeah. And we, we started to touch there a little bit on, I guess, some of the pains, right? Some of the challenges or roadblocks that businesses would face when it comes to custom packaging or just getting products onto shelf. Um, what are some of those challenges or roadblocks that you've come across that maybe our listeners could be made aware of? Um, I find that, you know, this might be, a little controversial, but Pinterest becomes a huge roadblock. And the reason I say that is Pinterest, it, it serves as a really great design research tool. Um, but I think we get in our heads, as I do even, that we want a specific look and feel that matches the Pinterest look and feel, which that doesn't necessarily correlate unless we reference it, correlate with what's going to match both the category look and feel or what's going to stand out in the category that the product is in or even the target market, for example. So I think Pinterest has been a great visual tool, but a lot of the time there's this, the, this there's what's aesthetic right now, like this pain point of trend and then there's what's going to actually stand out on the shelf or stand out in the market. That's one pain point I see. Another pain point I see is just sheer price of packaging and design and branding. And that's why I like to include sales into that conversation and to do kind of a testable brand packaging design, like an iterative process where we're testing with the market to ensure that this is the right path mm-hmm. for the brand and for the packaging and, and for the product. I love that. Um, those are probably the That's two good stuff. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. I- iterate, <laughs> not and optimize and test, and yeah, that I love that. 
Well, let's let's take a look at the future. It's always hard to forecast. Okay. Um, you know, I don't have a crystal ball, and I'm not a financial markets guy. But um, looking at the future of packaging, brand experiences, and this kind of CPG FMCG market here, um, as we go through the next five to ten years, what do you see happening, and what could businesses and listeners be doing today to stay ahead of the curve? Hmm. Uh, I think we're just starting to see what I call like liminal portal experiences, uh, liminality on packaging. And what I mean by that is, you know, the QR code's been a lot around for a long time, but the QR code is stagnant. And I think what we're going to start seeing is how do we transition from just a package? For example, I'm thinking of it in store from packaging into some sort of liminal transition point into brand experience. The QR code offers a really easy way for us to do that right now. It's a scan and then offers, you know, some sort of branded experience on the other side. But I think we'll see a continuation of that in five to 10 years where maybe it's an in-store experience. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, you know, something that pops up and it's it's more of like a hologram. I don't know. It's re- that's really futuristic. But I think more any way that brands, at, at least in, in the retail experience, can transport consumers into an experience that's outside of the physical space of the store we'll see more and more happening um yeah and then yeah yeah. that's good stuff (laughs) yeah that's kind of i think the term being thrown around is a connected packaging right and that's something that it's been around for a long time like a a long time but it's only really since the whole zuckerberg metaverse conversation has started to hype up that area of the world and a lot of investment has come in that um the people and even post-pandemic where things like qr coding a a menu at a restaurant or something along those lines suddenly it's come to the forefront again where brands are looking and going okay people now have an expectation that there might be something different there might be another way they can interact with this product and they're open to that if you can show them that it's available and then you can provide something that genuinely provides value it might answer a question it might provide a little bit of education it might just be pure entertainment and make make a fun experience for something to look at um i know that merchant boxes have done a lot of work in this regard with the sort of entertainment and the studios out there whether that be kind of warner disney or the apple tv and those, those, those kind of guys um helping them to produce like virtual events that can pop up around a package or around an experience a box or, you know a vip packet that they get um but even within the retail store like as you're walking down the aisle um we all saw the apple lens kind of goggle uh, launch yeah. that happened recently um <laughs> i think there was a, an overall kind of groan that happened when they saw the price point um, yeah but overall, you know, I think that by people kind of continuously bringing out new tech, it opens up another avenue for people to advertise. And my kind of, I think at some point, we'll probably be able to walk down a shelving line like that and see things start to pop out and engage with us. Looking back to like that Harry Potter experience where the newspaper's kind of talking to you and moving. And mm-hmm. um, and wine's a difficult one because a lot of people... The buyer is fairly kind of um, held into a traditional way of this is how wine should look and this is how I identify good wine um, and the prestige is more important almost than the branding. However, there is a new market of wine that's that's coming to the forefront over the last sort of five years that is open to um, you know, innovative packaging and interesting ways of being able to show off, you know, this is something new and people are looking for that. Have you have you come across any new brands that are coming to market 
that are trying to enter it with, with this connected packaging realm? Or is it only something that you've seen happen with legacy brands? I think legacy brands have the money to explore mm -hmm. cool options like this. I think you're right within alcohol in general, packaging is a huge differentiator. And so they're willing to push the, the label on, on innovation within packaging. So I anticipate that alcohol will be where we see a lot of these innovations come to the forefront first and foremost. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's mostly legacy brands who are exploring this, especially I'm thinking about like the Barbie movie coming out. I know the Barbie movie did some really innovative advertising, you know, branded advertising that they brand partnerships and, and that sort of thing. And I anticipate that it's the ones that have big ad spend budgets who can, you know, go to Apple and say, Apple, let's let's do this cool thing in stores who will, who will start this next trend mm -hmm. of shopper experience of packaging and shopper experience and then it'll slowly trickle down it's kind of like i would say like the ai wave right like one launch yeah. and then all the little launches after that yeah and i think the cost to do that kind of thing even if it's like the virtual reality experiences um the cost is is coming down as more ai technology comes in and they can automate yeah. more part, parts of it and even as as organizations have built out this masses of library of content and assets they can manipulate um i think you know as we come forward over the next six months 12 months we're going to see it come down market as as the cost drops for being able to access it um awesome well Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, Caroline. It's been really awesome getting your insights. Um, there's some gold there. We'll definitely um, s split this up into the questions so that listeners can jump in and get those answers that they want. If somebody wanted to reach out and find out more, how would they do that? How would they get in contact? Yeah, they can reach out on my website, productandprosper.com or on LinkedIn. I respond to all my LinkedIn messages. And so feel free to reach out with any questions. I love awesome. talking about retail, CBT, yeah. packaging, branding. <laughs> so do we. That's but good. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, put the, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes as well so people can just click straight through the bottom to go, go and search. Um, but if you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Leave a review wherever you're listening to this. It means a lot to us and the algorithm robot overlords. Um, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions, maybe you want to be a guest on a future episode, you can email us at unbox at merchantboxes.com and have a fantastic week and we look forward to speaking to you guys again soon thank you for listening to today's episode it was sponsored by merchant boxes merchant boxes provide custom packaging to large businesses and small creators that customers love if you are looking for award-winning custom package designs that make your business and products stand out from the competition click the link in the show notes to find out more